Hey, I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Johnny Yee. Tune into our radio show, Philly Rock Live. We play the classic hard rock and metal from the 70s and 80s. We grew up on. We play the new music those same bands are making today. And we play new music from around the world. Not to mention the great bands from our own local scene. You will not hear a mix of music like this anywhere else. If it kicks ass, we, we play, play it. Philly Rock Live. Thursday, 7 to 9 p.m. Philly time. On phillyrockradio.com. Listen online with your mobile device or even your smart speaker. And now, and now, it's time for another edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. We talk hard-hitting sports and bone-crunching metal. Sports and Metal, because sports and metal go better together. Now here's your host, Jason Voorhees, and Aaron Savage. Oh yeah! The opinions expressed in this episode by our guest Lenny Dykstra do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Aaron Savage and Jason Voorhees. That said, enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Sports and Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Savage. With me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Jason Voorhees. What's going on? Not much, Jay. We've got a very special guest. Everybody, please welcome to the show a favorite of both Jason and mine from our childhood. I'm a diehard Mets fan. Jay's a diehard Phillies fan. Welcome to the show, the legend, Nails, Lenny Dykstra. Yeah, man. Yeah. What's up, Lenny? I covered there. You know? We're glad to have you, bro. <laughs> yeah, in New York and Philadelphia, man. Two great places to play baseball. Hell fucking yeah, dude. Oh, we're so glad to have you, bro. So I got to ask you, what are you doing in L.A. right now? Well, I mean, I grew up I kind of, you know, I grew up in California. Oh, I know that. I know you're a SoCal kid. Yeah, so. yeah, but not really, though, because, you know, most of the people, the Southern California people, like the dudes, they're, they're like all, they're, they're all pussies, you know. They put shoe polish in their hair, and, and you know, and the chicks, they're all bullshit. You know, they're fucking fake. They have the fake tits and broken down actresses and. It's kind of like the land of the great pretenders here, but the weather, bro, the weather's so fucking good, you know? And I don't really oh, yeah. like people anyway, so fucking uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, as we're sitting here in a blizzard in the on the, in the Northeast. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. It's a blizzard, dude. It's been a blizzard here today, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure different kinds. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, dude, so anyway, I know you had a lot to talk about, man, so... um why don't, why don't you get started? Oh, no, I was talking about, about Guns N' Roses, bro. Like, they're not, they're not, because you guys are, you guys are into all the fucking music, heavy metal shit, right? Dude, we're sports and metal, bro. And yeah, see, the thing I don't, I don't get about the metal, though, man, it really interrupted, it really, really hurt my, my, my ability to sell, sell the dream to my chicks, you know, in the bar. Because, you know, if you're playing that heavy metal, you have to fucking yell so loud because the so, music's so loud. So I couldn't, I couldn't sell the dream, you know. You know, when I'm getting pussy, dude, it's all about selling the dream. You know that, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, because, yep. you know, the, the promise of money is much more powerful than the money itself, you know. Yeah, that, that's where the 80s, uh, the uh, hair bands came in. They helped yeah. you get the chick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know you know who uh, um, I'm pretty tight with that, that I uh, um, get to know they're Canadian? It's my boy, Lover Boy, dude. 
You want to be in the show? Come on, baby, let's go. Yeah, Loverboy. They're a solid group, man. Good people. Awesome, awesome. Now, I don't know if that's heavy metal, though. What do you consider heavy metal? See, I'm not into that heavy metal. I'm like you said, Guns N' Roses. That's like that's me. I love Guns N' Roses. But isn't heavy metal like headbanging shit, like uh, Alice and Chains and? Well, that's that's more grunge. Jay gets heavier than me. What, what do you like, Jay? You love Jay's favorite's Megadeth. I love Megadeth too, though. <laughs> so, what do you like, Lenny? What do you listen to? Fucking Merle Haggard, man. <laughs> no, no, I listen to. See, everything I do revolves around pussy. So. It depends on the chick, you know, what kind of music she likes, you know? I mean, it's 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 all about getting those spinal words out, you know. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> nah, I'll tell you the truth though, I like all kinds of music. I, I know I'm on the sports and metal podcast, but dude, I even like Michael Jackson. Who am I kidding? I love it all. Yeah, you know, I like a lot of Bob Seeger, man. Bob Seeger. I love Bob Seeger. What a musician, man. I mean, this guy wrote so many songs, what a talent, you know. I mean I just like talent is what I like, you know, like, I do too. yeah, you, you know what I mean? And like, like, um, like, like some of these country guys now though, man, they're, you know, a lot of these people it's bullshit, you know what I mean? But, but like the, the dudes, like, like that dude that could play, um, well, I'll tell you, you know, who's a good musician that, that people I think under underestimate, you know, kid rock, he can play every instrument, you know? Dude, I, I'm a Kid Rock fan. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I enjoy I, Kid Rock. I even like some hip hop too. I like some rap music, especially the '80s rap. <laughs> yeah, he still can. He still can do. He still can party too, bro. We gotta give him credit. Yeah, have you ever partied with Kid Rock? A little bit, a little bit, you know, a little bit. <laughs> Who haven't you partied with? That's um, a better question. Uh, well, I, I tried. I was trying to clean you know, the, the the princess in, in Monaco, Princess Stephanie, the wild one. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of like was on a mission to get some royalty on the belt. You know what I mean? So, yep, yep. so, so I used to take my plane to Monaco every off season. You know, as as a as a Monte Carlo. You know, um, and so and we go there, showing this bar there, and I always have to take two people with me when I travel because you know, they have to take shifts. They couldn't keep up with me. You know, one would rest, the other would come out, and you know what I mean? See, so we go to the the place she she lives. She she works at and owns or whatever. And I have my boy go check if she's there. And he says, "Bad news, he's not here." I said, "Fuck." So I look around, like I look over the bar and I see these two blondes, fucking like like right off the Swedish fucking swim team fucking brochure. I mean, just you know, fucking beautiful. And I said, dude, go get the 411 on that. And, and, and so he comes back and he says, bad news. They're with their fiancés. I said, listen to me, motherfucker. Look me in the eyes. I'll have their fucking suitcases on the sidewalk tonight. You hear me? Tonight, motherfucker, tonight. Okay? Long story short, they're on the sidewalk, dude. And while they're rested, they're passed out in my suite. I'm out there fucking chartering a yacht, dude, from me, from fucking here to fucking New York. That's how big it was. And the next fucking morning, dude, you know, like, I, I just, I, just, I say that. Next morning, I got to charter a yacht because in the French Riviera, you get to Italy, like, real quick, you know, down, down there. And so me and my boy are sitting on the front of the yacht. I'm not much into boats, you know, water out there. Um, 
because I don't really like the ocean, you know, because I don't know what's underneath there. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. But we're sitting on the front of it. You know, what do you call the front of it? Uh, the the bow, I think. The bow, the bow. Yeah, we're having a Corona, you know, and and dude, it's the French Riviera. And I look back, and there are the two Swedish chicks are sunbathing nude, you know. And I told my boy, I said, bro, take a picture of that and bottle it, man. Bottle that motherfucker. Put it right in your head and bottle it. Because it don't get no better than that. So this is as close as we're going to get to heaven right here. (laughs) Well, speaking of partying, Lenny, speaking of partying, I have a question. I've recently heard you say that the 93 Phillies team, like, Made the '86 Mets look like choir boys. That's what you said, right? Uh, not even, it's not even close, bro. Yeah, so I want to hear it. So, who did you party most the most with on both of those teams? Well, no, like, like the Mets. Remember, I was a young kid with the Mets, so I didn't like party and like I just drink. I didn't know anything about fucking drugs. I mean, remember, you're talking to a guy that never had a drink, never had a beer, never went to a dance. I mean. I had one friend in high school just because I needed somebody to play catch with. I mean, my, until I got until I got to pro ball, you know, because you know, my 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 you know I saw my parents work so hard and, and and barely would make it, you know. So my mission on life was to get out of the middle, you know. And my gift yeah. was baseball, so you know, um, and so I worked my ass off. And like I said, like I wouldn't do every time I would do something or if I would do something. In high school, when I started my sophomore year, before I would do it, I would say, okay, if I do this, will it give me a better chance to make it to the big leagues? And if the answer was no, I wouldn't do it. Sure. But, I mean, I still have pipe cleaners, you know. I had no girlfriends or nothing. I never went to dances. But I still had a few pipe cleaners, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, so, so the mess, mess, is just, mess is just kind of like normal. But then when I got to Philly, I was kind of like the leader then. And so, like, okay. people people didn't know, they didn't need to go to a pharmacy to get a script pill. They just came to me. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Lanny, you, you were amazing that year, uh, the 93 year in particular. Uh, I mean, that, and that's really, that season is really what got me into baseball. And, I mean, I'll never forget that year. And you, you really, you know, it, it means the world to me that season. And, you you were the you were I mean obviously the team had many leaders but you you were right there at the top. I appreciate that, bro. Because I'll tell you what, man. Ninety three might have been more satisfying than any than any, any you know even than eighty six because like remember we were predict we were we were, we were predicted to finish last, okay? And yep. and so but they they didn't know they didn't know we all went on fucking we all got loaded up on the shit. And I was on a mission of mercy too. I was on a contract year, and you know, I mean, I mean, the bottom line is, is I walked into spring training one ninety two like a Greek statue with a fifteen inch cock, saying, "There's a new sheriff in town, motherfuckers." It ain't Reggie Hammond either. <laughs> so like that whole year, like nobody wanted to play us. You know, we were, we 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 were, you know, Dave Hollins. I don't know if you remember Dave Hollins. Oh, yeah, he was like a bodyguard man, and so. That was a fun team. And, and by the way, the city of Philadelphia, we fucking, we, I mean, we, we had 3.5 million fans came out, man. And, you know, that's the thing about Philadelphia, man. Like, that's what I love about both Philly and New York, you know. The fans, they let you know, man. If they're fucking, 
you know, if you're playing well, if you're doing shit right, they're going to let you know. If you're doing shit wrong, they're going to let you know. And, and see, I like that. A lot of guys don't like that. A lot of players are pussies, you know, don't want, don't want that kind of stuff. But, you know, like, you know, the thing is, in New York, they throw coins at you. You know, in Philly, they throw batteries at you. <laughs> oh, man. It, it's funny you said something. You were talking about how the Phillies were predicted last in 93. Lenny, it's a true story. And, and Jay, I know you'll remember this. I remember spring training 93, Lenny, and I'm a diehard Mets fan. And the Mets by 93 sucked. If you remember, the Mets lost 100 games in 93. I think they, they at that point, every they traded Cone in 92. I mean, he was like the last of the Mohicans. They sucked. And I remember in 93, the Phillies were predicted last. But I remember being at the gym with one of my buddies named Brett. And I remember just, just the Phillies were hot that spring, if I remember. Right? Am I right, Yeah, Lenny? well, we, 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 run, we were on a mission. You know? Everything came together. Yeah. And like, like yep. I mean, it was a team effort too. I mean, look, I did some crazy shit that year, man. Like, like, I mean, like, I led the league in walks and at bats, which is almost mathematically impossible. I've no one's ever done that before because a walk is not an at bat, you know. So, I mean, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you got to get a lot of plate appearance. Yeah, you uh, seven hundred and seventy-three. Yeah, yeah, you're right, bro. Good call. I set the record, the the, the record, major league record, meaning. In history, which is pretty good because history is like, like that means like going back to that dude that came over on a boat and thought the fucking the, the place was flat or whatever, you know. So, so yeah, I went to the play more times than any left-handed hitter in, in history of baseball. But see, then they figured me out though, dude. What happened was I get my three-year contract, you know, my third year I always hit three hundred, then I party for two years, and and so they figured me out you know, at the end, kind of like. Um, that got old, but you know, Philadelphia was awesome, man. Because we flipped that city upside down in '93. It was so fun to play there. Nobody wanted to come to the vet, dude. Nobody wanted a piece of us there, you know. Yeah. What I was going to say before is, I when I was at the gym with my buddy with my buddy Brett, I remember you guys were hot that spring, and I I predicted the Phillies to win the division. Jay, do you remember that? You did. I know you do. I do remember. <laughs> How old are you guys, yeah. man? I'm. Lenny, I'm 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 not that old, but I was like I'm a diehard baseball fan since I'm a kid. I'm 45. I'll be 45 in April. I grew up. I became a Mets fan when my babysitter was a Mets fan, and so about 84, 85. You fucking baseball. (laughs) That'd be pretty. Why? Why? (laughs) Well, considering I was eight and she was 16. Oh, oh wow, yeah, 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 yeah. I know that's right. But no, I mean. That's when I got really into base. That's why you're one of my heroes. Boy, I got my first team, 84, so you don't have, five, you don't have to take dick pills or nothing yet, right? <laughs> no. I do. You have to take dick pills. It's all a process now. It's too much work, bro. I mean, <laughs> well, Lenny, I, I heard you were a legend back oh, in no, the day. Oh, no, I still am, dude. I'm an artist now. I'm an artist. Oh, okay. You know? No, I am. See, what happened was is a lot of things happened. Like, I played football. I had a full ride to Arizona State to play football, too, you know? And uh, uh, but when we were doing uh, my senior year, we were doing like uh, practice, and like I did a down and out down the sidelines. I looked up, and then and we both went for the ball. The defender, we both hit head on, and I almost bit my tongue off. I, honestly, I like my tongue was barely hanging there, dude. And it took me, and they put like ten stitches in it, and literally, dude, like I felt every one. And but what it did is it left a little ribbon in my tongue. Okay. And that and, and then the no teeth, I that, that like equals Picasso, you know. I'm a fucking artist, dude. 
<laughs> no, no, trust me when I tell you. And 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 I think the Pepsi challenge with any one of them bitches out there. But, but, but before oh, I can do my man. artwork, though, bro, the canvas has got to be clean. You know what I mean? I, I would oh, hope there's so. Been, there's been times I literally told the bitch, "You see that fucking door over there? You turn the handle to the fucking left. All the exit signs. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Oh man, Lenny, Lenny. So, who who were you closest with on those '90s Phillies teams? Well, me and Holland, you know, we had our group. See, what happened was, you know, like you get smarter as you get older. You know, like I'm, I'm one of them guys that, like, I mean, I'm actually smart enough to know I'm not smart enough. That's that's the most important thing, you know. So, so, yes. so, because you know, guys with egos and shit like that, that kills. Like I remember one time, uh, I don't know who it was one of the hitters was like. You know, working out with a hitting coach, and he wouldn't even listen to the hitting coach. He's like big league, and I'm, I watched him, and I said, "You know what? You're a dumb motherfucker." He says, "What?" I said, "You think you got it all figured out, huh?" I said, "I watched the whole fucking thing. You didn't pay one. You didn't listen one word he said. But what if he said one thing that could help you?" I said, "What do you think you're hitting two fucking forty, man? Fucking think you know all? You don't know shit. You know people with ego. Ego kills, man." You know, in, in business, and you know, it's good to have the, like a different kind of ego in, in, in baseball or sports. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? You can't. It's not ego is the right, wrong word. It's like confidence, um, like a little swagger. You know, I meaning, you know, I mean, listen, you don't get voted the most hated player in the league five years in a row without fucking being a kind of a by the opposing team. That's what I got five years in a row. Yeah. Speaking of hated players, I, I got a question. I don't think I've ever heard anybody ask it to you. What was your relationship with Greg Jeffries? There was no relationship. The guy's a fucking clown. The guy's a fucking, <laughs> fucking dude. Listen, here's the deal on this guy. The Mets like like they moved everybody around for this guy, and they finally realized he was allergic to leather. Okay, if you know what I mean. I mean allergic That's to right. leather. I mean fucking couldn't catch. Couldn't fucking. He, he couldn't. He couldn't hit water. Yeah, he, you know, he could hit a little bit, but the problem is he didn't really hit with power. I mean, yeah, I, that was the wrong analogy. He was a great yeah, but he wasn't a good, but he wasn't a team player. He wasn't a winning player. You know what I mean? He like there's winning yep. players and there's losing players, and and like you know, I can smell them right away. And like the comments and the little bullshit, and you know, so like it's important. You know, we have to think about it. You're with you're with the same group of guys for seven months, bro. Okay, so so you know, look, it's not about everybody being friends and everything, but but it's about you know you have to have some chemistry there and get along. But you know, like another story is like when Schilling would pitch. Okay, okay, Schilling when he pitched, he'd always come up to me and say, "Hey, dude, how you feeling tonight, man? You gonna score a couple runs tonight?" You know, and I remember one of the part of Inky or somebody said, "Shill, man." You, all you care about is yourself, man. You only ask him that when, when you're pitching. And I said, I told the guy, shut the fuck up, man. He said, I wish I had five motherfuckers that just did that. He fucking, he pre prepared, he throws strikes. We know we're, we yep. we're going to have a chance to win every fucking time he was out there. We're not here to make, we're not here to fucking be best fucking friends. I said, Motherfucker gets it done. I said, and he gets me back in time for my pussies. So I don't get pissed off. So it's all good. <laughs> hey, hey, Lenny. Hey, speaking speaking of that team. So 
obviously we, we know all the, you know the star players that were on that team but in your opinion if, if there was one player that was like an unsung hero that really doesn't get talked about enough who, who would you say that would be in your opinion Eisenreich Eisenreich oh, yeah. Eisenreich well, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of good players bro I mean like, like, but Eisenreich was was a guy that was clutch, and then you know, Mill Thompson did a good job. Um, this had a good team, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, man, a lot, a lot of people died though, man. Some, some, some Philly, man. People die out there, man. You know, there's been they're having like a study on the like there's all that that very very uh, rare brain cancer, you know. Oh yeah, there's been like six of them, man. Think about it. You got you got Doug McGraw, you got Darren Dalton, you got no, no, yeah, dude, it's, it's a big deal, you know. But, yeah, I never really thought about you it. Think it's it's true. Yeah, something to the vet, but it, it's kind of like the virus, you know. I don't want no part of my fucking ass anyway. You know? <laughs> fucking virus, virus gets a bunch of it's a fucking bunch of bullshit, dude. <laughs> well, let's not yeah, get into I mean, that. fucking joke. Speaking of mess, here we go. Fucking mess. So many fucking mess. arguments are going over mess. Oh, I'm, I believe me. I'm tired of it, too. <laughs> but, Letty, speaking of Mets-Phillies, and back to uh, those teams, and you got traded mid-game in a Mets-Phillies game in 1990. I think it was the no. last No, it was, uh, it was 1989. It was Father's Day. Oh, it was 89. Yeah, it was Father's Day. I'm wrong. You know, so was it? Yeah, I know no, that. I, I knew that. Get, like, no, 30 it was calls on Father's Day, if you know what I mean. Yep, yep. It was you and McDowell for Juan Samuel. But I don't remember. Was it the last game of the No, no, it's Father's Day. It's the middle when, of the season, uh, like in, in June, whatever Father's Day. No, 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 no. The last game of the season after the trade, if you recall. No, no, it was the last. No, no. And Jeffries made the last Day, out. The, no, that was the trade. Yeah, that was the trade. He thought, right? Yes, and what I'm saying later, I don't remember if it was the last day of that season or the following season. McDowell got the last out against the Mets to end the season. Oh yeah, Jeffrey's yeah, the brawl. Yeah, he was the brawl. Yeah, the brawl. McDowell yeah, hated Jeffries, right. dude. Everyone did. Yep, I wanted to. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, told me, so he told me. He told me. He told me they were going to go. Yeah, he's gonna. He, I. That's a great. Yeah, I was wondering if that was like he knew that. Yeah, yeah. It was, like was, was premeditated, bro. Was that another shit? That's yeah. awesome. But yeah, was, That's cool. I but Jerry, nothing isn't personal, but look, business is business and personal is personal. But when it came to business, he just didn't yep. know how to, he wasn't a winning player. And the mess has made some horrendous decisions. And, and, and I, I mean, Howard Johnson just came off a 30 30 season at the shortstop and they moved him and they put Jeffries there. It was just, oh, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of brutal, crazy brutal. shit, dude. Yeah. But, but the thing is, at the end of the day, you can't take, you can't take away. I mean, we won a World Series there, dude, and that's fucking, you know, and it took a miracle to win it, but we did. And and for, for that, every time I still go to New York, you know, people, that's just so awesome about New York and Philly. Like, I still go, dude, and people recognize me today even, bro, you know? Lenny, you're one of the few players, maybe you and Tug McGraw, and probably you even more so. That you are still so popular in New York and Philadelphia, like the fans in both cities. Yeah, well, I mean, I played hard for me. You know, I tried my ass off. You know, and I, what I would do is after each game, I would, I would, um, I would go in my locker as soon as the game would end and I'd sit down real quick talk, and just ask myself, okay, if I were a fan, would I have paid money to watch me play tonight? You know, and 
the answer was always yes. I mean, every time at once, even I went over four, you know, because you either play right or you play wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, that's the problem yeah. nowadays. People don't play right. Meaning there's only one way to hit. Okay. You either hit right or you hit wrong. And see, see, baseball is a game of, of all or nothing. Meaning like, okay. And which is why I was good at it, you know, because, you know, I kind of like planted the flag on Mount Everest and like stepped in the depths of Death Valley. You know what I mean? Like, the middle, yeah. um, I was a middle, I was born in the fucking middle, I was a middle kid, I was living in a middle class family, so everything, you'll never see me in the middle again, I'm either fucking soaring with the eagles or fucking wherever, we're in the, we're in the cooler, bro, <laughs> okay, but, but, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can't take away the fact that, like, 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 for instance, the 93 season, dude, I mean, come on. Jason, you know, man, like, dude, that place was rocking the bit, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was there too. We both were. Then it was Shea, yeah. it was- you know, and then Shay, Shay, man, like, you know, the, how about the upper tank at Shay when it was Shay Stadium? That was way the fuck up there, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It, it would actually yeah. move. It would actually yeah, yeah. So no rock. one wanted to come in there either. So, you know, I was lucky to play in those two cities, you know, because, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I played for, you know, the Mets, we, we should have won more. David Johnson, he, him and, him and, uh, him and Jack were best friends. That was a problem, you know? And then Dan and Jack Daniels, you know, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, it's yeah, you like to drink. You got to make, you gotta make the right decisions, you know? Yep, yep. You, now, you were always in a platoon with Mookie with the Mets. Did a you have great a relationship with, with him, dude. Me and Mookie got along great. We had a fucking collision, awesome. though, dude. I, mean, I don't know if you remember. 87, Doc on the Mound against the Pirates. I had just seen Ernest Goes to Camp in the theater. I came home yeah. in time to see that. No, no, that was th- that was Doc's first game back. Yeah, Doc, Doc is Doc. I remember. Is a good motherfucker. I still talk to him all the time, you know? I love Doc. I, I hung cool out with Doc. Fuck, dude. He's a great he, guy. Uh, he is. He got a big heart, man. He is. He's great. He plays Speaking of ball. big, but boy, Strawberry is my first roommate, you know? And he's got a fucking hammer on him, bro. Yeah, I know, so cool. So for him. What is it? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> dude, it's a hammer. So, you know, they taped this cock to his leg. You know that, right? Hey, listen, know, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about Ron Darling. Oh, I okay. So, so it. check this out. So, like, I'm not gonna say something like crazy like this if, if it's not true. This motherfucker fake cancer, dude. Okay, fake cancer. Okay, because if you remember, he wrote this book and came out and buried everybody. Said he was calling oil can boy all this crazy shit. Then all the African American players came out saying Darwin was crazy. And the fans started annihilating him, and like every day was getting worse to the point where like they started calling for his job. So he panics and he takes a leave of absence. Okay, what a coincidence. And you know. But, but see, I know Mr. P, you know, I call him Mr. P, you know, and by the way, you don't, you don't get that job. I mean, he sucks a lot of cock to get that fucking job. You know what I mean? I mean, meaning, and, and so why he wrote that book is beyond me and why he, it wasn't just me, Barry, he buried a lot of other people, you know, but, you know, yeah. the whole thing is, again, it's going to sound crazy, but it's kind of like my life. It's fucking crazy. Dude. I've done something like the craziest shit ever. But but I literally 
Okay, when I say this, like, I have no reason to fucking lie, dude, because you know why? That's why people don't like, a lot of people don't like me, so I don't like to tell the truth. I don't, they don't want to hear the truth. See? See? But, but like, so the reason that Wilpon sold that team is because of me, okay? Okay? Because when Darling faked cancer, the Wilpons, okay, they either had, they had to make a decision, okay? They either had to discipline them and get rid of them, or they had to, or they're going to turn a blind eye and, and like, just let it go. So they obviously turned a blind eye. So right now, as we sit here and talk and whatever else we're doing, this motherfucker is fucking pulled off the biggest fraud in the history of fucking sports. And it's ongoing, okay? It's on for not for long, trust me. But 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 where I'm going with that is is like like what's so upsetting about it is the people we hurt the most are the fans, the people that, that pay everyone's salaries, the fans are baseball. So they've been duped, they've been played. I mean, he gets a few thousand letters a month saying, you know, uh, you're an inspiration, like, you know, fighting off cancer. He didn't fight off fucking shit, dude. Okay, he's a fucking fraud. And, and, and then, let me give you this. And then, when Stephen Cohn, the deal fell through, remember when he walked away when he's going to buy the Mets? It all blew up because the Wilpon yes. was so shrewd, man. Fucking hardcore negotiators. He said, I can't take it. So he walks away. So I got this dirt on Darling. So I go to the commissioner and I say, listen, here's the deal. Wilpons are going to sell and Steve Cohn, my boy, you're putting him in. Honestly, God. Long story short, so I go, to, I go to Cone's soft lieutenant, man. And after fucking getting it done, I just got to read you the last, the last email I sent this guy. I said, I'm not going to say his name, but I said, it is inspiring to see how Steve Cohen immediately turned what was a hopeless situation for the New York Mets into a beaming rays of sunshine for the team, the organization, and most importantly, the fans. I said, last February, after months of failed negotiations with the Wilpons, on behalf of Steve Cohn, the deal blew up. I believe it's safe to say any hope Steve Cohn had of buying the mess is all but gone. Dead in the water. Wouldn't you agree? That being said, what if just a few months later, in early June, Steve Cohn was promised by me, Lenny Dextra, the following. Hey, Steve, I have some great news for you, bro. I got this. this uh -huh. I, I know it's going to sound crazy, but but... In a matter of months, you're going to be the new owner of the New York Mets. I know it's hard to believe. It's only been a few months since your attempt to buy the Mets fell apart. But trust me, bro, it's true. It's a matter of months. You're going to be the new owner of the New York Mets. And hold on, Steve. It gets better. The purchase price will be hundreds of millions less than the first deal. So far, so good, Steve. How about this? Steve, you'll take control of the team immediately. Another thing. I almost forgot. You can buy SNY2 if you want. Now, I'm, I'm not done, Steve. Wait for it now. Wait for it. The sale will be completed before the end of this summer. It's true. You're only a few months away from being the owner of New York Mets. Does that sound good, Steve? Now, if somebody would have told him that, okay, he would have said, get this motherfucker committed, okay? Every fucking word yeah. I just said to you came true. How, how did that happen? Yeah. I mean, how, how, well, how, how, how did Steve Cohn, a man the Wilpons despise, 
get a chance to buy the Mets a second time after months and months of negotiations blew up. Uh, I mean, and then how do the Wilpons go from being ruthless, fucking unreasonable negotiators suddenly out of nowhere to a 180 when they announced the team was for sale using an unprecedented highest bidder format to sell the team? How do you think that is? It's called leverage, Tell brother. Us. If you're not inside, you're <laughs> fucking outside. You know what I mean? And it gets deeper. I have a couple questions on that note. I have a couple questions. Tell us why you think Ron Darling faced It's real simple. He's an inspired man. Look, look. All you got to do is go back, go back to the fucking the timeline and look at what happened. He writes this book. Opening day about, you know, 2019, these excerpts come out where he says this crazy shit about me. Crazy shit about shit. Seeing I was screaming an oil can boy from the on-deck circle and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, all the African-American players come out calling Darling liar and then they ask Wally back when he's in the on-deck circle. He says he's a lie. So Darling's being pummeled by the fans. Remember, pummeled, dude. Every night, every day, getting annihilated, dude. And to the point where they start, like, the fans call for his job. So Darling... He, the only thing you can do to turn the fans to get them to, do, to stop doing that is you have to play the pity card. You play the C card. Okay? Okay? Now, now, the thing is, his first mistake was sticking me as an enemy. Why the fuck would you want me for an enemy? Okay? I mean, that's that's the first thing. Then, and then, like, all you gotta do is think back about it, dude. Like, why has he never named his fucking? Why has he never named his fucking surgeon? Huh? <laughs> when a guy gets to, when, when someone's cancer free, doesn't the doctor say he's cancer free? Not your fucking your your booth mate, you know the guy you announced with. But but, but more than that, yeah, yeah. Darling had it, he'd show it. Because you know how many times I went on on did interviews and said, I challenge Ron Darling. I how about this? I challenge anybody above ground fucking breathing to prove me fucking wrong. And where's that? And where they've been? Where they at? You're not. They're nowhere to be that's found. True. You know why? That's true. Because I'm fucking right. That's why. Okay. I don't fucking make claims yeah. like that if I don't have every fucking. I mean, I mean, look. I can use the word possibly or approximately or or maybe. No, no, dude. No, no. With 100 percent certainty. And by the way, it's all fault. Everything's happening. It's like I said, I'm sure the Wilpons, these ruthless fucking negotiators, all of a sudden turn on a dime. They have forced out, bro. Meaning, and then my boy Cone, he's in. And, and, and so, um, but see, what gets me off is he, darling, he knows he's next, okay? Because, like, you can't stop it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, at night, he's probably out there in Connecticut. And they, you know, Mr. P, you know, there's the white picket fence and the nice family. And, yeah, you know, nice family. I mean, and, like, you know, time to go to bed. Hi, honey, how was your night today? Hi, how was your day today? And see, he thinks about me every fucking night, bro, every day. That gets me off, dude. Uh, wondering when I'm, when this crazy motherfucker going to come out next, you know? I'm coming, Mr. P. I'm coming, brother. Hey, lady. And by the way, I give you fucking my hats off to you for fucking getting away with that shit. 
for 12 years when you had nothing on the ball with your fucking hand either. <laughs> hey, hey, Lenny, speaking of enemies, what, what what's going on with uh, you I and the I mean, that guy's a fucking amp, dude. That guy's a pussy, dude. I mean, I, 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 <laughs> what I, happened? I told the promoter, I didn't can't fucking him. fight this guy, man. Fucking look him in the eyes, he's ready to fucking, I mean, but you know what I want a piece of is that motherfucker Mickey Rourke. He's a pussy. <laughs> he owes me 30 fucking grand, man. Yeah, yeah, it was all over TMZ. I challenged him, man, on how he's turning to the plate. But, I you know, he's, got him. You know, Mickey Rourke, when he was all down and out, man, you know, and, you know I helped him out, you know, he bought a loan 30 grand, and, you know, and, you know, first of all, he said the face of industry back fucking 10 years, okay? Meaning. Yeah, I've. I've seen so, you know, it, when I was I've hanging out with him, he was pretty cool, though, like, for a while. He was pretty cool. But, like, one time we were on my plane, and he brought that little fucking dog in here. I said, listen, dude, that dog shits on my plane. I'm throwing that motherfucker out at 50,000 feet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. So, anyway, you No, no, Charlie Sheen, dude. Charlie Sheen, dude, he, he uh, meet. There's a whole crazy another story, dude. I was meeting him, we're best friends, man. Great motherfucker, dude. Like, like when he's sober, like he was so fucking cool. And by the way, he's a great baseball player. But, but Charlie Sheen, dude. See, him up in that room smoking that shit or whatever he was doing for ten days. I mean, I'll save that guy's life ten times. But see, I didn't find out all the truth until the fiance got kicked out of the house, and 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 you know when. She had no one to, you know, so she told her to tell me everything. Charlie's fucking gay, man. He's gay, okay? And, and he couldn't, but, but hey, listen, I don't judge. Like, hey, I mean, listen, I mean, look, I don't think nobody, no fucking dude chooses to wake up next to another dude's hairy ass. Come on. I mean, you can't help that shit. But I don't judge. I don't judge. Um, but, but Charlie, he hated himself so much for it, dude. And, and, and that's why he smoked that fucking shit. And, to check out and to get to, yeah, he had to get to that place, man, where, I mean, taking it in the ass, dude, that's a big fucking deal. For somebody to put a dick in my ass, you better kill me, motherfucker. Okay? I'm talking about kill me dead. Huh? But whatever, whatever, you know? And so, I mean, you know, I got to, I was with Charlie before I knew all the crazy shit. Like, I was with him when he told me he had, he, you know, so one time, I'll tell you how it went down. By the way, it's really sad. What, what, a, what a tragedy, man. I mean, and it was right there, man, and he wouldn't listen to me because, you know, he kept burying Chuck Lurie, the Jewish people, you know? And and I said, Charlie, dude, like, like you're better off fucking, fucking a 10-year-old boy in the middle of Sunset Boulevard. I didn't know he's fucking gay, you know? Was, fuck. You know? I said, these guys, are, they're going to fire your ass, dude. Yes, you got, you got $300 million coming. And he was just so arrogant. He was yeah. on a drug I didn't recognize because, like, like, he wasn't slobbering his words. And he wasn't, so what it was is that oxycontone drug, you know, that one, that real powerful uh, opiate, you know, that. Because you remember, like, a crazy rant he go on? Yeah. He, says, he, said, he said, you know, he, you know he, like, when he do interviews, he, he he was quick and funny, kind of, you know? 
That's what I'm going to be through for you for a while, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, you know, they said, what are you on? He said, he said, this new drug is called Tardachine. Yeah. Yeah. But he was a cool dude, sober, humble, great dude. And, and just, I mean, I had him, I had him going out a year, a year before he, he was forced to go out public, you know? And it's just, that's just, um, that was, I mean, that's one of the biggest meltdowns in the, in the history of fucking Hollywood. But, but like I said, it's, it, it, that's a tragedy, sure. you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah and actually, like I said, he's actually a good man. fucking dude, man. Heart of gold, bro. Heart of gold. But, you know, I mean, he's broke. Yeah. Yeah, all those people are robbing him, you know? Yeah. He's... Oh, jeez. Well, it, it is sports and metal, Lenny. I know Charlie Sheen was a great friend of Brett Michaels from Poison. Did you ever No, but um, I have, some of the musicians were there all the time, you know? Um, oh, no. The opposite. I'll tell you, he was there hanging out one time. I was there. My boy from fucking, uh, <laughs> not heavy metal, but it's fucking cool. The, the, the uh, what's that, that band, man? Uh, fucking, um, 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 fuck, man. Uh, In My Dreams. What's their name? Uh, Mario Speedwagon. Mario Speedwagon. Oh, Dockin? The least oh, singer here, you Speedwagon. know. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. he was sober. So Charlie always yes, had yes. these, okay. you know, famous these people that were sober always try to come and help him, you know. And so I'd see a lot of motherfuckers in there. You know, one time, one time I saw uh, Snoop Dogg was over there. You know, he ain't even say he was about guy. sober as fucking I am, dude. I mean, you know, you know, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool, dude. Uh, over there was was. Was um um the dude um, uh, um, Nick Cassavetes? He wrote he wrote uh, the movie Blow. You know, he's a yeah, I mean, yeah, a very yeah, talented dude. A lot of good movies, but um, of- and Charlie though, Charlie was a great guy, man. He just like I said, he couldn't handle. You know, like first of all, he had bad people around him. He made bad decisions. People were robbing him. You know, and I must have fired ten of those fucking people. And, and then, and then, you know, but it was the fact he couldn't accept his sexuality that took him down. You know what I mean? And, and it, was, it was, it was sad. It was a tragedy. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, like you guys said, good fucking person. But at the end of the day, dude, it comes down to results and the results, not good for him, man. You know, that's how it works in there. Yeah. Hey. Look, in anything we do in life, man, it's all about results, okay? Like in baseball, it's all or nothing. You either get a hit, okay? Everyone throws you high fives, fucking great. Or you make it out. You make it out. You make a right-hand turn. You got to go down the walk to gauntlet. You walk down your, your dugout. You know, your teammates are all sitting there. They don't say a word to you. Tell you're a Russian spy. What are they going to say to you? Good job? They're going to say, fuck you, motherfucker. You're going to fight him. You just made me out. Okay, so so you, you know you get the Russian spy treatment, and then you go to the you know put your helmet in the, in the helmet rack, and the manager and the coaches they look in, and there's a fucking piece of shit. Okay, meaning it's literally all or nothing. There's no middle. Okay, I mean either fucking succeed, you get a, you either get a hit or you fucking make it out. Okay, yeah. And if you can just yeah, yeah if you just manage making out, just, if you could only make out seventy percent of the time, you'd be the best player in the league. Lenny, so real quick, who who is the 
who was the toughest pitcher? Well, you just depended, you know, like like um, like I didn't really have such a tough pitcher so much, but but like there are certain guys that that I mean I got some big hits off Greg Maddox, but I didn't I didn't have a good career average off him. Like you would take the most most comfortable over four off that guy because like he didn't throw real hard, but see him and Glavin and those guys they played right. Okay, remember. Baseball is a game of, of math, man. It, it, it's all it's, it's all the percentages, okay? So, like like it, like the, the odds show if the counts zero and one opposed to one and zero, you're gonna hit one eighty, you know, over one hundred sixty two games. So it, it, it's all about understanding that you have to have a game plan and you have to stick with it, and because it's a it's a long grueling schedule, bro. I mean, six months, you know. I mean, and then you know, burn the can on both ends like I was five, bro. Yeah. Speaking of results, Lenny, you've been open about, you know, juicing during that time and also about your uh, little little investment you had with the umpires where you turned $500,000 right. into $30 million. <laughs> by, by no, yeah, the whole fucking army the umpires. I have a question about that. Yeah, there you go. I have a question about that. So you got these PIs digging dirt up on the umpires. It gets around the league. So the umpires know if it's a borderline pitch, they're calling it a ball. So you're going to get ahead in the count. That's going to help you hit. My question is this. Was any of this stuff ever discussed? Or, like course. standing at home plate with any of these umpires? So, okay, his catcher's so how did they catch her on the other team? They don't know. Like, okay, so I'm at the dish. Like, I'm standing up right now. Remember, I didn't look back, though. Okay. So, like, let's say an umpire, I don't want to say his name, but there's one umpire, the degenerate gambler, okay? Tells him to strike on me. I, I, I say, remember, I'm looking straight ahead. I'm left-handed, so I'm not looking. I, didn't, I don't turn my head. I say, hey, bro, what a shame you missed last night, huh? On the wrong side, huh? I said, uh-huh. yeah, don't worry about it, man. I know, I know where you'll be tonight, too. Meaning... You know, then there's one of the umpires were gay, you know, gay, you know, everybody, look, their blood's just as red as ours, bro. I mean, some fucking like pussy, some like fucking guys, some gamble, some whatever. And, you know, and this guy, yep. he called a strike on me. I said, what? I said, bro, how was Rick's last night, man? Oh, yeah, then, then I let him leave and watch yeah, two so years, I the next it. couple so, years. I you know, the coincidence? I don't think so. But listen, I did whatever I had to do to win, man, yeah, to make myself to make myself um, uh, as good a player as I could. Because you know, I'm a little guy, bro. You know, I mean, I led the major leagues in hits two years. Okay, I mean, and I'm a little fucking dude. I'm not. I'm not a big guy. I'm only five nine. You know, one one sixty when I came up. But but you know, at the end of the day, I mean, look, by the grace of God and a little luck and and, and hard work. Okay. I mean, you got to understand how good these players are, man. You're fucking playing against all these fucking dudes with anti your dicks all the time, you know, coming over from the islands over there, you know, those Dominicans. You know, they, they all got them anti your dicks, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they don't have, they're, they're not circumcised. They're, they're dicks that are anti your The first time I ever seen one of those, man, in the shower, I said, dude, what happened to your dick? Huh? And, and he didn't say, he said, no say, no say, because they don't speak English. But, you know, so, you know, the, the thing is, is like, 
Like my kids, great kids, you know, I tell my kids, look, like I try to get them not to play baseball, man. I, now we grew up in a country club and I said, play golf, bro. That's the sport. Baseball. Because I wanted, if they were going to play baseball, I wanted them to come to baseball, not play because of me. But, but, but see, the problem is when they grew up privileged, when I say privileged, I mean, of course they were, they were respectful and they, they minded and everything. But when, when you, like, when you grow up in the, you just, the work ethic is not going to be there. Opposed to, like, I grew up fighting for a bed, okay? And, and my way out of the middle was baseball. So it's just, do you know what I'm saying? If you don't put the time in and work your ass off, okay, it's tough to make it, man. You got to be one of 30, think about it, there's 30 teams. If you're a center fielder, you got to be one of the 30 best players in the fucking world. Not in fucking New York, not in California, not in the United States, not in Japan, not in fucking China, not in fucking, the world, man. Okay? That's a big fucking place, okay? So, I mean, the odds on making it to the big leagues is, yeah. is, is staggering. Because not only do you have to fucking get there, then you have to take someone's job. It's crazy, dude. And the thing's yeah, so funny, not funny, but so, 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 very true. Kind of like weird is, is like, and see if the people know this, the difference between players I play with in the minor leagues and the big leagues was so minimal, or some not, no difference with some. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, you know, yeah. you just, being at the right place at the right time, but no, you have your ten percent of elite players, okay? They're gonna they're gonna be stars no matter what. The other ninety percent are pretty much kind of the same, you know. Yeah, and some people can Hard work like, like I like to play when the fucking pressure is on, you know. I mean, I mean that's my 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 numbers all came came big at you know when when it mattered, you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah, well, you had four home runs. Yeah, yeah, it mattered, you know, because, you know, like, I was just a pick a chick out in the stands, you know, because, you know, you play every night. Think about it, dude. You're playing every fucking night, man. Like, you got to have something to play for. So I'd always pick one chick out in the stands. I'd say, hey, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play for you tonight. And we play the Braves every fucking time we go to Braves. I hated those motherfuckers. And, you know, Gene Fonda and, and Ted Turner be sitting there in the front there. And, you know, and leading off the game on the road remember i got all the fucking power bro they can't start the game i get in the box okay because remember i'm leaning off on the road so i take a long sweeping fucking walk yep. man yeah man i stopped looking yeah, right in james bond and look right in their fucking eyes i'd say i want to fuck you every fucking time dude they say get in the box get in the box and i know i didn't look over i know i'm probably saying that shit you know what I mean? So, because I got tired of fucking Brown on the catcher, Brown. Hey, how are you doing? How you doing? Shut the fuck up, man. You know? Because that's the other problem with baseball now. <laughs> everybody's friends, you know? Everybody's happy. You know? Like, 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 I didn't play that way. Like, my teammates, when I saw them talking to the other team, we're fighting. You know what I mean? I mean, we're playing for real fucking yeah, money. That's, that's like I said, we go on the road. What we're going to do is we're going to go to their house. We're going to take their money. And we're going to fuck their women. Okay? That's, that's it. You don't like it? Leave. You bring your wife on the road. We're going to fucking you're gonna have your ass traded. Yeah, I got a quick question about today's game. What do you think of... Well, the pitchers have got so much better, bro. You got to understand something. This is what people don't understand. So the thing about it, 
hitting, like, you gotta understand, like, I don't care if someone's throwing 120 miles an hour. If I know somebody's throwing me a fastball, I can time it, okay? But see, now, so, so like in the 70s and 80s when the count was 2 and 0, so hitting in, in, in it's kind of like life. You always try to get yourself in a predictable situation. So if it's 2 and 0, you can kind of sit on a fastball, right? Because he's behind, I don't want to walk you. They'll snap off a curveball now, throw a changeup, because they've learned that the hitting's all timing, so they try to deceive the hitters, okay? So, so, and then you had a specialist in the seventh, you had yeah. a, a specialist in the eighth, and, and, and the ninth. So, and these pitchers are fucking big and strong, throwing some fucking nasty shit up there. So, it's, it's way, way harder. Like, hitting now is way different than it was, you know, back in you know, the mid 70s or 80s, you know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is, that's why you have to hit right. If you don't hit right, like, then you're kind of putting yourself in a bad situation. There's only one way to hit. I mean, you get three strikes for a reason, right? Because the game's fucking hard, okay? Okay, so why, if you get three strikes, why wouldn't you not be guessing and sitting on a pitch the first two? You don't get penalized if you're wrong. You got a keyhole for the first, you got to sit on one pitch in one area. If you get it, you got to smoke it. If you don't, you spit on it. But now you got guys hacking up there and doing all kinds of shit. But there's no plan, bro. Uh, no guys plan. have no plan anymore. It's it's all there's no no plan. Then they want it's all Major League Baseball. They're a bunch of fucking crooks. They want to te- they want the ball to fly out. They tune the ball. They make it harder. Like two years ago, I think they set the record for most home runs in the history of baseball. How the fuck they do that, dude? All of us around oh, juice hitting fucking did. bombs. Easy. I tell you how they did it. Physics brought the seams down. <laughs> That's yep. That's true. Who do you think? Who do you think today's best? Well, I mean, Mike Trout's probably the best player. You know, I mean, but Barry Bonds was then when I played. He was, you know, like like I always define Barry Bonds as two things. You say like this: Here's Barry Bonds, the best player in the history of baseball to ever put on a uniform, the biggest dick in the history of baseball to ever put on a uniform. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, Barry Bonds on the Jew. Yeah, it was, was like it was a, a video. Call. He was. I mean, it was. You know, never- he waited so long, you know. Cause he, you know, he, 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 he always he was curious. He'd always ask me about him when I was, you know, see him walking by him or something. He always asked me, curious, and what, what are you on? What are you taking? And this, that, and he waited till the end, like, in, like those numbers he put up, dude, are literally fucking numbers. Let me give you an example. Oh, yeah. This motherfucker walked. Okay, I led the league in walks two years. I had 120 walks one year, 125. I don't know. This fucking guy, dude, one year, he walked 206 fucking times. Hit 340, 70 intentional. I know. And and still, (laughs) yeah, it's insane. But see, now now I think they reported for spring training now, I think, the pitchers and catchers. And I'm kind of curious what's going to happen with the they fans. Are, like, are you allowed to, are we allowed to go to the game? Are you not allowed to go? Or, I mean, it's kind of like with a chick. Do you put a coat on? Do you not oh. put a coat on? Oh. Yeah, yeah, basically that's what it's like now. Like, it's like the, it's I'll like tell the you what I did, bro. <laughs> Always ahead of the curve. You know that. I took six amoxicillin every fucking night. 
It's like having a sniper on any of your fucking cock. <laughs> oh, man. Dude. That's, That's right. Planning you know ahead. <laughs> it's, a, it's an uncomfortable feeling, man. When you, you know, if you get out of the shower, take a piss. Because sometimes in the shower, the dude, it'd be soapy, you can kind of burn a little bit. You know, you know what I mean? But if you fucking chicken in the last 10 days, it's like, is it the soap or is it? So then, you know. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. It's all good. Hey, listen, every day above ground is good. It's all me. good. That's it, man. Anyway, Lenny, um, we want to thank you for coming on. Did you have anything else you wanted to ask Lenny, Jay? Uh, no, man. I'm just well, come on you you want. That's on. Yeah. 24-7, you know? Yeah. Well, okay, have me back on. And we'll have you back some on, pussy, Lenny. man. We will. <laughs> I will. I will. For it sure. I'm coming out there in a couple there. weeks. But maybe I'll come in the studio, man. Have a fucking hard one of them, right, one of them well, fucking up, rock and right, rollers man. in there, bro. All right, man. Good talking to you guys. Thanks. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. <laughs> you got it, man. Anytime. All hey, right. thanks, Lenny. Be good. Thanks for coming All right. on. All right. Peace out, brother. Be good. Anyway, everybody, we hope you enjoyed the show. Jay, that was great having Lenny on, man. Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Great, 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 great. Not surprisingly <laughs> crazy, but it was awesome. Anyway, everybody out there, we hope you enjoyed it. This is Aaron Savage signing off. And that's our show. Tune in next time for more sports and metal. With Jason Voorhees and Aaron Savage. Oh, yeah. Got something to say? Hit us up at sportsandmetal0423 at yahoo.com or on Twitter at sportsandmetal.